Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. JB and Benny Blue, Woo. coming, we running through. Uh-huh. We number one is a hundred years. Nah. Come at the top with a stunning view. Chef's yeah. kiss with a hot plate. Do a Hail Mary, no pump fake. Nah. Damn straight, we in first place. What? Better buckle up, this a hot take. Just press play. Turn my mic on, man, we live. We live. Tell the pilot wheels up, we can ride. We can ride. We run the block, run the block. We bout to slide. Bout to slide. This ain't us, nah, nah. You can try. Viewers, what is good? It is your man, Benny Blue. It is a bird. It's a plane. No, it's not Haley's Comet. It is not Loch Ness Monster or Sasquatch or Bigfoot. For the first time in a long time, we are back. The review is back for your listening and viewing pleasure. Coming up, we got some NFL season recap. We got some college football season recap. New coach hires, new college football playoff format, and a whole lot of moves. Your first time tapping in with us, make sure to follow us at JB and Benny Blue on all social media. You can also watch or listen to full episodes on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please five-star rate us. That helps us move up the goddamn charts and reach more savages like yourself. If you are tapping in this live stream, we are going to be on for about an hour or so on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. Please drop a comment or question, or we will get to that during the course of the show. My name is Benny Blue. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I am a co-host and podcaster of this fine program. But joining us, of course, is he Ronnie Coleman? Is he Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is he the new bodybuilding champion of the world? This man has been going through a holistic transformation and we're definitely going to get the whole skinny on that because this man is getting lean and mean and he's becoming a machine king jb himself back on the program us. that's right uh, listen 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 i appreciate the love you know what I'm saying? No, no introduction is like a mini introduction uh yeah you're right man you know what I'm saying the people we are back bro we are back i'm talking about like we left something um, it's been a while since we've been on, on the hot mic, you know what I'm saying, and uh, pause. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, it's just, it's, just, it's just good to be back, man. Good to be back. Good to be back on the mic talking shit, you know what I'm saying. It's a lot going on. A lot has happened. A lot has transpired. We've been on the mic in a year, man. Like, so, yeah, you know, we just going to do what we do, man. JB, we do for the people all day, every day. I ain't going to never change. And I am JB, you know what I'm saying, aka Jerry, British senior NFL veteran. Um, fitness professional, um, coach, mentor, all the above, public speaker, all the above, any and everything you can think of, you know what I'm saying, in the realm of sports, your boy does it, right? Uh, hopefully soon to be uh, employed with some of your field team, you know what I'm saying, as, as the area scout. But, you know, stay tuned. We'll see how that goes. So uh, we got a lot going on, man. And uh, first, I want to say congratulations to my brother, Benny, you know what I'm saying, uh, Recently engaged, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, thank right? you. Thank you. Appreciate uh, that. Thank you. I don't think I had a chance to tell you congratulations to your face or even on the phone. You know, so I think I'll probably definitely text or hit you on the IG tip. You know what I'm saying? Totally congratulations to your sis. Hey, you already know how I go. You know what I'm saying? I'll be in a wedding. You know what I'm saying? Let me know. I'm falling in, baby. You know what I'm saying? You're going to suit it up. Make it all cute. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then really, you know what I'm saying? Celebrate the, the new love, baby. The new love. 
Well, tell you what, you're gonna you're gonna have to get a custom made suit because you, sir, since we last spoke here toward really the beginning of the 2023 season, you have mm -hmm. undergone and committed to quite the transformation, which people can see at KingJB.fitness. Give people just like a quick blurb about like what has been going on, what you have coming up competition wise. This is a big deal. What you've been doing? Yeah, it is a pretty big deal. I uh, I trained for a show to do in December. Uh, you guys follow my social media, y'all. Dating this young lady, and you know, so we broke up, and it was weird, you know, saying for me to go through the show, and we broke up like a week before the show, so it would be weird, you know, what I'm saying in my mind, we get on stage at that point. She was very, she was a part of me getting ready for that because she adopted, you know, saying what I had going on, and I appreciate her for that all day, every day. She was a huge part of my success, uh, but of course, you know, what I'm saying, you know, this 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 train will never stop, right? This is something I was destined to do. I told myself I was going to do this in shit 2013 when I retired from the NFL. And around about 2014, 15, when I got in the industry of fitness, I told myself it's something that I was going to do, and it was just a matter of time. But you got to have your mind right to do this. So uh, since, shit, so I spoke to you last, I probably dropped about 40 pounds. Um, you know, if you see the transformation, you see the pictures on uh, KingJB.fitness page, man, it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's, it's, un it's unbelievable, right? Even when I look at myself, it's still unreal. Uh, to see myself like this because as an adult, of course, I was a ball player and offensive lineman. I've never seen myself look like this. Uh, the actual show is going to be in June, June 15th, the show date. It's going to be here in the Valley. And as I tell everybody, when I walk on stage, I want people to be walking off stage. All right? That's the point where it here. It's a physique show. Uh, it's natural. I'm not on no gear. I'm, 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 I'm as natural as they come. The only thing I'm taking is creatine and branching amino acids and you know, nitric oxide and things of this nature, like all this natural stuff. So there's no metabolic, no anabolic, nothing going to my body, right? Uh, no test or nothing. This is just hard work and dedication. Uh, and as I like the hashtag on most of my posts, my, my reels hashtag, hashtag hard work pays off. Uh, bottom line. So, yeah, and we're not going to stop. That's the thing. It's going to never stop. So this is my lifestyle. This is just what I do. Uh, it's my profession at this point. But this will never stop. This is something I promised myself years ago. And it's just me manifesting what I told myself years ago. Well, it's an amazing thing to watch and listen, reviewers. If you need any sort of motivation, whether you are a avid fitness professional or if you're just trying to start your journey, look no further than JB's page, jb.fitness. If you want motivation, if you want technique, JB's dropping a lot of content as far as technique, different workouts, different, different you know, sets that you can do, and really the target. And honestly, get get the most out of your you know your muscle growth experience in particular. And yeah, man, it's been it's been a crazy thing to watch because I tell people all the time. I've said this on the show and off the show. When I met you, you were still basically at playing, and you had like a different body type. You literally mm -hmm. had a different body type, and now you legitimately you look legitimately like a bodybuilder, which is crazy. Because <laughs> it's like you just like you now like. You're, you truly are going to lean to me. I've been seeing the, you've been, I've been seeing the poses. Like I've been seeing it. You've been doing it. <laughs> yeah, man. We, uh, listen, I'm, I'm fully focused. Uh, like right now, uh, we're back in prep. You know, we just somebody drink a beer. I'm, I'm not. You know, what I'm saying I'm not a bodybuilder. So uh, I just want people to understand that I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm, I'm a man that you know, what I'm saying that set a goal, and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm doing the things that are necessary and required to achieve that goal. So again, I'm not a bodybuilder. The benefits you're going to look. For Certain way you look a certain way when you do certain things, you do bodybuilder things, you're gonna look like a bodybuilder. But get it twisted, not I'm an athlete, right? So the see videos you see on the track and so on and so forth, and it's trippy to me how 
when I'm in the weight room and I'm in the gym and I'm doing these exercises, I do like a bodybuilder. But when I'm on the track, I don't like a bodybuilder. Right? I like an athlete. Right? So that's, that's who I am. I'm an athlete. And my objective is to continue to get better and get in better and better shape. Every year that goes by my life, every year I'm blessed to be uh, another year. You know what I'm saying? Every, every year I'm blessed to see another year. I'm on, you know, basically thank God by continuing for myself and get myself in the best shape possible going forward. So as of right now, again, June 15th is show date. I'm going to post that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Let you guys know exactly where the venue's at. And yeah, I'm touching down the Cause Hill. Where's the new boost? All right. Well, listen, when we June 15th and when, when it's coming up, we're definitely going to be sharing all the information so you can come out and support or just show your love in general, you know, on, of course, all of our social media pages. Uh, we had our, our illustrious little brother, Mitch. There he is joining us from Parts Unknown, a.k.a. a camper in Washington. He is back from KSUNCasualSports.com, Arizona, joining us from rural Washington somewhere. Money making Mitchell Hughes. How are you doing? We're back. We got muscle making JB. We got marriage having (laughs) Betty Blue. We got money making Mitch. We're back. Also, I heard you do something with KSRN in my intro. I don't believe I'm with KSRN doing articles anymore. I am on my own working in places unknown, ready to do this show all over again. Mitch, why the hell do you sound like you're trying to sell used cars right now? That's just like- because <laughs> I got your cards. I got an 06 Prius, slightly used, 250,000 miles, and it will run 20 more thousand miles. Good luck. <laughs> Mitch, like, everything must go. All you, all you need is a fucking waving, flailing thing behind you. You know what I'm saying? Like- <laughs> Mitch is clearly yeah. falling on hard times. He now lives in a camper and in a Honda Accords. So, you know, that's... <laughs> That's his life now. So you know, it's it's it was it was a hard it was a hard fall from the top, Mitch. But how how are you doing? First of all, we have, we haven't actually spoke to you in a minute. So how how are you just doing as as money making Mitch? How how is life? We, we are doing good. I'm back on the sports circuit um, after right. the Diamondbacks World Series that burned me out because you know watching 180 mm-hmm. baseball games is way too much for any human to do. Um, yeah. I'm back on the sports circuit. Take a little break. But I am ready to be back. All right. Well, goddamn it, we are back. We have some savage NFL and college football recaps. So let's get into it right now. And for the Super Bowl, the Chiefs Kingdom, the Kansas City Taylor Swifts defeated the Ooh Dodger Gang at 25 to 22 in OT for back-to-back Super Bowl titles. Let the record show viewers that. JB and Mitch correctly picked the Chiefs to go back to the Super Bowl, although they picked the rematch with the Eagles. I picked the Eagles and the Bengals, and only Mitch picked the Chiefs to win it again. Uh, so, Mitch, what was your what was your uh, overall assessment of the game? And as we were going through the playoffs, did you did where was there a time either at the end of the season or during the playoffs where you thought, oh, the Chiefs they might run this thing back and they might actually do it? Um, my biggest scare for the Chiefs was when they lost to the Raiders, um, in that gross fashion. But I thought after the Titans beat the Dolphins, which made the Dolphins lose home court, which meant Kansas City got a game to get their crap back together. I thought they had a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. 
Um, I thought the 49ers were not going to make it. I thought Lions were a better matchup against them. I thought Lions could have potentially made it to the Super Bowl at that point. And then I wasn't going to have much hope for the Chiefs if they did that. But when I saw 49ers, I did a little deep dive into seeing what the, you know, the pros and cons of each team are. And I was pretty confident, as I told you, you guys, I saw halftime 49ers were up by 10. <laughs> Bet on the Chiefs at that moment. I, they're, I was a pretty confident person once the Chiefs and 49ers made it. Nicely done. And JB, listen, you're, you're, you're no you're no. You're no stranger to giving the Niners hell. So on the Niners side, what did, what did you think about Shanahan's game planning? Obviously, they're pounding the rock pretty well with CMC. Purdy had kind of a slow start, then he got going. But then what was in question is what they were doing in overtime. Did they know all the rules and all that shit? So what was your assessment of what uh, the Niners did in the game? Once again, getting to the Super Bowl, having an opportunity to win, and then tricking it off in classic small Shanahan fashion. Uh, choke artist Shanahan, I was just going to call it spade to spade. Um, you know, it, it started from uh, the Super Bowl when he was obviously in Atlanta uh, versus the New England Patriots, of course, you know what I'm saying, blowing a 28 point lead uh, because of his questionable play calling. Now, kind of the same thing happened in this Super Bowl, right? They were pounding the rock. CMC was having a decent game. You know, it's going to be hard fall. Point blank period, it's going to be hard fall. There's two of the best defenses in the league. Um, of course, Frank Nasty is going to be the more superior defense of mine in my mind. But Wilkes, but Wilkes did a great job, right? Uh, side note: 49ers are assholes for firing Steve Wilkes. Just, just call this thing. Call this what it is, right? I'm like, that's all I'm going to say about that, right? So, outside of that, Shanahan blew it again, right? Pretty choked, which that's expected. You know, says a lot of pressure. And they got out of coach, which, of course, any, when it all said and done, I told people, I pretty much predicted exactly how the game was going to go. I just thought there was going to be more points scored, right? I knew it was going to be some drama in the third quarter where they were going to kind of stumble. I knew the fourth was going to be a kind of war of attrition. I couldn't predict the overtime. I thought the Kansas City was going to try to kind of ice him with a field goal to win it and win it by about 10 points because they were just going to kind of eventually take over the game like the last six or seven minutes left. Overtime, San Francisco took the ball. Okay, quote unquote, they didn't know the rules. Hey, listen, we have an NFL meeting every year. The beginning of every year, we have an NFL players meeting in which the referees come in and discuss the new rules. Now, the hottest thing going for the last two years was, of course, after the Buffalo game and the Kansas City game was the overtime rules, the playoffs. Right? Well, the other teams you have a chance to get the ball. Okay, great. Well, the other teams got a chance to get the ball. Right? Y'all had it first, couldn't do shit with it. Kansas City took it down the court. You don't know the overtime rules? It's your goddamn fault, right? That's your head coach's fault. That's a lack of preparation, right? And of course, that's just not a, a t- attention to detail. You, there's no stone to be left unturned when you're playing the Super Bowl. This is the granddaddy of them all. It's the end all, right? There's no more games after that until goddamn September. So, what do you mean you don't know the rules? That kind of shit is that. That, that sounded weird as hell. I've heard more excuses than I've heard more excuses from 49er fans, 49er players, right, since they lost that damn game. And then, of course, again, to top it all off, they fired Steve Wilkes, who had the number top, in, whose, whose defense was in the top three the entire year. In damn near every statistical category, you fired a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, you know what? They, they, they're going to get what they deserve coming down the line. I, me, I'm just going to predict this. I don't think San Francisco is going to have much success going forward in the next two or three years. I think Shanahan is going to eventually get fired because you keep choking, fam. You got all this talent, right? Everybody knows that your, your offense is a system. We've talked about this multiple times on our podcast. It's a system, right? This is why pretty Mitch, right, is having <laughs> such success, right? Pretty because it's a system. We've had, we, we've watched, we watched multiple quarterbacks in this system have success, right? Um, the, the, the one that we just go really hard on, you know, saying who, who's trash, to be honest, Jimmy Garoppolo, right, has success in the 49ers offense because it's a system. You learn how to run that system. They make it friendly for you. They run the ball. Good things happen, period. So I don't think the 49ers are going to have much success going forward. I think they're going to kind of fall apart. They already got some cap issues going on. There's a lot of money been spent. So, yeah. And we'll leave it at that. Yep. Same on yep. you, 49ers. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call Jimmy Garoppolo trash if I were you, JB. I'm trying to find some sports betting places where I can go and put you as an assistant coach for the Raiders. And we don't know what's going on with Garoppolo. So I would like to put some money down. So don't call him trash and ruin my prediction. Garoppolo <laughs> got cut. He could get yeah, me. Like, don't ruin your – don't ruin yeah. it. And, and, who, and, and, who, and who picked him up? Right. Who's picking up? If if he's if he's a quality quarterback, you're gonna get him right now to at least be your good backup. To at least be your A one backup. Ain't yeah. happened yet. Yeah, so. and, and and yeah. And Garoppolo Garoppolo will be suspended for two for uh two games for violating the uh the PED rule and, and I guess is he has been cut or is going to get cut. Mitch, real quick before we move on, do you want to take any opportunity to defend your guy Purdy Fever in like thirty seconds? Um, yes, I, while I do agree that I think he's more than just a system quarterback, I think he can read, he can read that his ability to the best possible. Like he definitely sees things before others do a little bit, just like Tom Brady had early on in his career. He was able to do that. Yes. He has a lot of talent around him, but he is able to go and do what is needed. And he is accurate, which is all you really ask for. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I think, but I think. Listen, I think. I think both things can be true. But you know, listen, the chief, the Chiefs' uh, championship pedigree shine through, even though um, their receivers' hands were made out of fucking straight stone this year. So they got to figure that shit out. But either way, uh, shout out to them and shout out to uh, fucking Travis Kelsey's upcoming uh, action movie that he's probably going to be in while filming in, in the. The summer, so that that's great. Moving right along, I believe only one of us on this goddamn show picked my kitties to win the NFC North. You two picked the goddamn Vikings. And gentlemen, I'll tell you what, we're gonna get into our college, our college football. But JB, this is like in the in eight fucking eight year history of doing this shit. That's right, I said eight years. This is easily the greatest fucking football year. That I've had, and then and we're gonna get to this. The only I am the only person on this damn show that has had a team that has won a fucking title in the time that we have done this show, which we're gonna get to in a moment. But the kiddies they won the NFC North for the first time since '93. It was the NFC Central back then? They hosted their first game at Ford Field and they made their first NFC championship since 1991. We can get into the game in the second where they had the lead and tricked it off. Dan Campbell was trying to play Madden on rookie mode again. Should have took some points. He blew it, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. But overall, your assessment of the kiddies and what they've done in the rebuild and what they did this season with maybe where the expectations were 
to what they actually ended up doing this year. I knew they were going to be special. Man. I didn't know they were going to be that special. Man, it was fun to watch. You know, even though we did our picks, I would pick against them a lot, right? Because I was just waiting on them to fall. It's because that's what the fuck they usually do, right? So, you know what? South Dan Campbell and his crew he did a great job of preparing those kids, kids, those young men, you know, grown men to play ball every Sunday, Thursday, Monday, whatever time of day they took the field. They were always prepared to win. They were always in every game they played. They were scrapping, fighting. Right. And of course, you know, the outcome was outcome. You know what I'm saying? When you play good ball, you play fast, you play discipline. It's three things they play with all year. You get that. You get that team. Right. So shout out to the kids. And I feel like they're going to be good for quite a while coming up. They're going to get some key pieces. uh, And they're going to be good going forward. Um, As far as the the, the game, I mean, you know, shame on you, Dan Campbell. Like, you kick two field goals, y'all didn't win the game. I'm sorry. Y'all go to the Super Bowl. All right, and everybody's like, you can't say that because, it, you know, you don't know how to say it. The, the word momentum, Benny, right, is powerful, especially more so in football than anything. We've all seen games where momentum switched, and the team that gains the momentum seems like they can do no wrong, and the team that lost the momentum can do nothing right. So that's basically what happened. The 49ers gained that momentum, and it was like, he's was done behind him not kicking one fucking field goal. Then he did it again. And more momentum gained. So every time he didn't kick a field goal, San Francisco capitalized and scored on it. Momentum gaining, momentum gaining, momentum gaining. Things fall apart for Detroit. And they blow an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in the history of the franchise. Come on, man. Like, you know, he, he then, of course, he's like, in typical Dan Campbell fashion, well, I gamble and I lost. Well, ain't your goddamn money to gamble, bro. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Like, it's not your mm-hmm. money. You, you gambling, you gambling with house money, you, you borrow some money from your boys. You know what I'm saying? They go play blackjack and you done lost that shit. Right. Like that that warrants right. that happen, right? So, so right. right. Shame on him, man, for that. You know what I'm saying? And, and if I could if I could put one bad move on him, that's the only thing I can say that he did wrong this season to me. Right? He went for it, he was gutsy, you know, you live by that, I guess. Like, you know, he had the balls to do certain things at the same time. You have to play football, you gotta coach football. Sometimes football or one on one kicks in, you just have to do it. By the book, that would have got you a win, man. Right, exactly. I mean, listen, he 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 was he was known for the gambling. He played the analytics, and a lot of times it worked. But in this instance, he went to the casino one too many times, and he definitely took some money out of Junior's college fund to uh, try to make a to mm. try to make a bold move, and, and it didn't work. Mitch, you were talking about you know what you maybe wanted to see in the matchup as opposed to the Niners. When you look at the NFC Championship. You know the way that they were the way that they were moving the ball on offense in the first half, and really kind of stifling the Niners. I mean, what were what were your what were your thoughts on my kitties in that game? And like, did you did you feel like, to, in your feeling, did they seem like a contender, or did did you feel like it kind of kicked in where it was like the, the one year the one year too early factor kicked in for Detroit at some point? Do you think? Ooh, that last part you stuck me on a little bit. So. I think they were real contenders. I know I, I was stifling you all year, just being a jerk about it, but they were contenders. Um, I think I if we did this earlier, I was against Dan Campbell for the move. I'm still not a big fan of it, but I do want to say the game to me came down to this 100%. Detroit had two opportunities to intercept the ball. They missed them. Duke had 
the craziest reception off of a helmet bounce stupid thing that turned into a super easy touchdown. And like it was like God came out and was like, "Oh shoot, I forgot you're the Lions." Boo! Bad luck! Bad luck! Bad luck! Boo! 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 And like that. But can not interrupt. But can you agree though that if they would have kicked those threes, if they'd have kicked that first three, right, that helmet shit would never happen, right? You you got to look at it like that, right? So when you get a team down to a certain extent, or they when they're steady clawing up, they don't take many chances. Right, so they would have had to literally reboot everything they were doing, but that's what I mean. Like, you fuck up and you don't get the points. Now, stupid shit starts to happen, and you're like, "Well, what the fuck?" No, you keep those three, and you keep them climbing upward. That way, the momentum doesn't ever get to them to the point where they're like, "Yes, we can actually win this game." They're steady calling like, "Fuck, these dudes kicking our ass." And what what can we do? They're steady in disarray as opposed to the, as opposed to them getting to the point where they're like, "Yes, we're back on level playing field now. Let's go." Nah, you don't want to do that. Keep them in the fucking hole. Detroit could have literally cruised to a fucking Super Bowl. Right? Literally could have cruised to a Super Bowl. If this man would have just did what he's supposed to do to coach football one on one. Right? So yeah, they, they had opportunity they missed the interception, but those things would have never been you they'd have, they'd have never been there. Right? So yeah, that, that's 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 a great point, Mitch. You know, some interception missed, but it goes back to those three points. Don't kick it. Fuck up. San Francisco capitalizes. Don't kick it again. Fuck up. San Francisco capitalizes. Right? So, yeah, that's, that's, damn you, Dan Campbell. I want to see Detroit. This shit. We pre- well, I, pre- I appreciate the, I appreciate the support. So listen, they, they, had a, they had a hell of a season and they're building it the right way. And, you know, we're definitely going to see how they continue to grow next year drafts coming up you know we're going to talk about that here down the line but shout out to the kitties for having the best season in a very long time now mitch a team that was uh you had back in the super bowl the ehs eagle really struggled down the stretch they lost their last five of six and they got molly by baker mayfield's bucks in the wild card of course they lost shane steichen to the colts and jonathan gannon to jb's bird gang respectively so do you feel like Nick Sirianni has officially been exposed as a fraud as a head coach, Mitch? What do you think? What's so sad about this is I had the, you know, I had the Cowboys doing better than the Eagles, but I had the Eagles going five of six or four of six in the first six, not the last six and ruining it. Um, that being said, I I think he got exposed a little bit, but the Eagles aren't going to give him a second chance. They've neutered him. Like, they were just like, here, I'm going to castrate you, wrap that around you like a bull, and you're never mating again. Sorry. <laughs> like, we're never going to know if he was exposed because they were it. like, they fired everybody that was his guy. And they were like, we're bringing in our own guys. We're going to run my, like, they neutered him completely. So I think he got a little exposed, but he's not going to have a chance to go and learn how to learn from this getting exposed kind of thing. So I Sirianni's in a bad spot. I don't think this is good for the Eagles at all. And in the offseason, they did hire Kellen Moore as their OC, and they got Vic Fangio now as their DC. So, JB, I mean, when you when you saw like when you were seeing the Eagles like down the stretch, they're going in the playoffs. Like, what what was going through your mind? Like watching them finishing out the regular season and going into the wild card. They they looked out of sync, man. Like. It looks completely out of sync. Like there's a dissension amongst the ranks when it comes to just period, like teammates, 
uh, coaches. Like uh, there was, you know, some little bickering going on between coaches and players, and uh, there was bickering going on between players and players. And like, they just looked out of sync, right? It looked like the team of Philadelphia last year, the year before last, rather, that was just like, you know, the real, you know, city of brotherly love, team of brotherly love, and the success that they're having. They just looked out of sync. Um, I think that I don't know if their success, you know, got to them and they start smelling their own pisses, the old folks say, and they just, you know, took some hits to the head because I guess they felt like motherfuckers was going to lay down for the big band Philadelphia Eagles. It don't work that way, right? So, yeah, Sirianni. Uh, definitely got exposed as far as like the preparation aspect. Uh, the OC that they had probably should have never got the job. The DC that they had, pretty bad. And so, as a head man picking his delegation, he did a pretty shitty job, right? To be honest. So, like Mitch said, you know, so they pretty much, you know, saying tied his hands behind his back and was like, nah, bro, you straight. We're going to bring in some guys. That we know can coach, you know. So you said trying to put your boys on, you know, it don't work like that because y'all not having success doing that. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring in some old heads that got experience, and then of course you know saying we'll see. Now Kevin Moore has been on a lot of people's head coach list, right? So him being a new OC, I think that's kind of a blanket or a fallback net for Philly, just in case they got to get rid of Sirianni ass after week four, right? So Kellen Moore goes to be the general head coach and moves on to be the head coach. So they kind of like got their guy behind their guy. So if their guy don't do what he's supposed to do, then their other guy will take the ranks. Mm-hmm. And look, JB, I know this is something that you mentioned in our panel production meeting that you want to talk about, kind of gearing it over to the uh, AFC. Um, you look at Baltimore, you look at and you look at you know Buffalo. At this point, they've been kind of they've been kind of stuck at this place. I know something that you want to talk about, both these squads. Where 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 do you talk about like you know where you see these guys going and even some of the coordinators? I mean, hell, you look at Ken Dorsey, he's fucking losing his shit, and then now he gets hired by the Browns. They move up Joe Brady. There's some shuffling in the decks, and then you kind of look at these teams, it's like, what do they really need to do to get over the hump? But when you look at Baltimore and Buffalo specifically, where where does your mind go as far as like where that where the hell are they at this point? Buffalo is in a bad way to me. I think they're they're about to fall apart. You know what I'm saying, of course, you know what I'm saying uh, they keep talking about Diggs flying the coop. They're talking about, you know, saying who's gonna be their parent, who's gonna replace him. Teams are talking the bit, trying to trade for him. And we were even in the mix. They were talking about us, you know what I'm saying, trying to possibly cop Stefan Diggs. And I was like, No, 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 no. Uh, keep that beaver where he's at. So uh <laughs> like no, like, keep that beaver where he's at. Uh, or keep away from Arizona. But as far as Baltimore goes, I don't know what their thought process was going to that game, but the run game got them the success that they had. They, their success came from running the ball, whether it be by hook or by crook, meaning whether we planned to run or whether Lamar took off, right? Lamar played pocket passer the whole game. Now, he is a pocket passing quarterback. He can do it. He's been doing his whole damn career. He did in college, so I'm gonna get that out the way right now. I'm not gonna say he's a running quarterback. He just has the great ability to run the ball, and when you do run the ball as Lamar Jackson, there are eyes that have to go towards him. Well, those eyes go to him. They go off so and so. With this is how we get big plays. This is how we get over the top to the young boy. You know what I'm saying? This is how we get Odell wide open in the middle. You know what I'm saying? This is how these things occur. I don't understand the game plan. It, it, it didn't make no sense 
right? And again, the frustration, right? I had Lamar acting out of character as far as player-wise. He's doing shit that you don't see him do or you haven't seen him do, right, the whole season. He's played a phenomenal season. He got MVP, of course, right? Well-deserved. But then he, he plays like this in the AFC Championship. It's like, how does that how does equate? Well, it's a lack of preparation. That's coaches harping on certain things and his mind, he's thinking, okay, damn, it's going to be there, it's going to be there, it's going to be there. He's successful. He didn't need to, didn't have to, things of this nature. So shame on the coaching staff for putting together that horrible game plan uh, that basically, you know, screwed him out of a trip to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And Mitch, you're, you're the resident AFC aficionado. When you look at where Baltimore and Buffalo are now contending these last few years, but just kind of getting stuck in neutral when it, when it means the most, I mean, what 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 is your kind of assessment of like where they're at? Maybe what they do well, and and where I mean, what needs to actually change for them to get over the hump? Um, I think the Stephon Diggs is like the hardest thing for me uh, with Buffalo, where that's clearly going to mess them up a little bit. But I don't really have worries for Buffalo because if you look back in the playoffs, they pretty much lose to the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, and it's always the best game. We like the best game of the playoffs is always Buffalo mm-hmm. Chiefs. Josh Allen plays his best against the Chiefs, never throws an interception, doesn't do stuff wrong, but then somehow something happens where Chiefs get the ball last. It happens every time. I have no fear right now for the Bills unless Stephon Diggs really screws it up. But I think they're in a great place. They just need to keep their head on tight and then hope to God they don't get the Chiefs somehow next year like they always do. Uh, the Ravens, on the other hand, I think what screwed them was definitely their uh, – Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, What screwed them was definitely the game plan they went in with. But what's really weird to me is I felt like the coaches were like, we want to prove Lamar can pass, even though we know he can pass, whatever. But, like, we want media to change. And they were like, we're going to let Lamar win the game by passing. And it's like, or why don't you just win the game? How about that? Like, don't worry about what the media says. Just win the damn game. You go to a Super Bowl. If you win a Super Bowl, you know who shuts up? I'll even shut up, which I don't do. And that's I, a Christmas miracle, ladies and gentlemen. Right. It's like Luca dropping 70 <laughs> on the Suns during Christmas. It's a Christmas miracle for me. Mm-mm-mm. I had to slide that one in there, didn't I you? Did. Hey, I really did. Hey, Mitch, what, 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 a, what a segue because it takes us to thing. How about them cowgirls? I mean, them cowboys. Gentlemen, when I turned on this game during the playoffs, I nearly had a stroke. I was like, you were letting Jordan Love and the Packers come in and run y'all off the block. Mitch, they did it again. The Cowboys cowboyed again. I fucking love it. They lose in the wild card 48 to 32. Fucking old jury says we're staying with old Mike McCarthy. They're keeping everything the same. And you know what that means? They're going to win 12 wins again. And they're gonna, it doesn't even matter if they win the division. They're going to blow it again. Mitch, what did you see from the Cowboys blowing it? And are you do you believe that they're going to run it back to the same thing at the same result? And fucking Bill Belichick is going to become the Cowboys head coach, just like his mentor, Bill Parcells. What, what do you think? What are you crystal balling in, in the Big D? I forgot that that was my prediction at one point. That's how much stupid stuff I say. Now, JB, my, I feel like I'm going to attack by JB a little bit here, but I think Mike McCarthy is the NFL Doc Rivers. I have zero faith in these dudes. They hit the playoffs, and I'm like, I can't wait to watch you lose. I watch this every year. I watch Dallas lose to Green Bay, or I watch Dallas lose to San Francisco. I watch it every damn year. I don't understand why we keep talking about Dallas so much. 
I know next year, you know who they're going to lose to? Green Bay or the 49ers. Been watching it for like six years straight. And you know who is still on coaching them? Mike McCarthy, who loves to lose to Green Bay, his old team, and the 49ers, the team that used to destroy him in Green Bay. That's what's going to happen. Mike McCarthy, not a fan of you. The coach, you've been boring the shit out of me for six years. Let's do something different. Oh, JB, what do you think? Well, there's a lot of things happening in Dallas. First of all, Jimmy Jones needs to step the fuck down and let somebody run that team, right? Who's mm-hmm. literally coherent, right? Um, <laughs> like sleepwalking, you know what I'm saying? That's, he's, he's like a fucking skeleton walking, right? So the man's old. I mean, you know what? You did what you did back in the day. Okay, let it go, baby. Find somebody that can run your team for you, that can get a better coach in there. You guys got talent out the ass, right? And I'm like Mitch. We're tired of seeing you lose. I knew they were going to lose. I predicted they were going to lose, right? <laughs> we knew they were going to lose, right? So, and then to the young Packer team, you know? So it's like, that's, that's embarrassing as hell. They got to get together, right? Um, as much as I hate to say it, and I've said this on, on this podcast multiple times, the NFL is just better when storage franchises are playing well, right? When these storage franchises, the Pittsburghs, the Minnesotas, the Dallases, the Green Bays, the NFL is just better when these teams are having success. So Dallas got to get this shit together because that's trash. That's so bad. Yeah, I agree. Old old jury's got to step down. I think they were cursed until they put um, Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor. We'll see if that improves. They may have to extend Dak. But I think the biggest thing is the Jones family needs to fucking chill out on making decisions, goddammit. Mitch, you got one more point. What you got? I will say I think next year we're going to talk more a lot about Jordan Love. He did catch fire at the second half of the season. This kid might actually have something. I think he caught on a little late for anyone else to catch on, but... I definitely think that the, he might be the real deal, and that's why they beat the Cowboys. Well, they'll have, they'll have one more year to decide if they want to um, if they want to extend them. So they're probably gonna they're probably gonna see if it if it was real, if it was a if it was a mirage, he's gonna turn back into a pumpkin. Uh, Mitch, keeping it with your tins, we're gonna start covering our own teams. You talk about that. Too bad. Nope. Too bad. <laughs> You're contractually obligated to talk about yeah. your bum ass mediocre Titans. They go 6-11, and 11, they fire Mike Brable to hire Bengals OC Brian Callahan, and they have over $65 million in cap space. GM money-making Mitch, if you were making the decisions for the Titans, what are you, you going to do going into 2024? Um, I'm going to stop signing wide receivers to two-year deals that are over like 37 years of age and not use them correctly. That's going to be one yeah. thing. Yeah. I am going to go and try – I mean, and the wide receivers are good. I'll take that the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> um, I really think that, you know, they hired Brian Callahan. He's coming from the Bengals offense coordinator. They think I am putting all hands on deck on that offense. I'm going to go and, I mean, I like Mike Frable. I told you guys I wanted Mike Frable to stay. I was not a fan of that one. But I'm going the exact opposite now. I am going to go. I'm getting rid of Henry. I'm getting rid of everyone. And I'm getting a very wow. explosive, hot offense trying to go as much Dolphins-like as I can to make it fast and fun. And then just that's where all my $65 million is going. But oh. that being said, please keep Eric Henry. He's the only reason I still watch you guys. Moving on to your Cardinals. Your Cardinals go 4-13 four and, four and 13 in Jonathan Gannon's first season, and they have the number four pick in the draft. JB, what was your overall state of the Bird Gang 
for the Cardinals. And what do you what do you think the fu- the future holds as far as like their needs? And Kyler came back, played well, all, all that stuff. I uh, I like just the flow. I like the attitude. It's nine o'clock. I like the comparison, not the comparison. But I like the I like the competitive spirit. Right. Uh, it was just different the whole year to watch them play. They were excitable. They were fun to watch. Felt like they were going to win any game they played. Uh, the attitude changed completely. Again, there's onus on accountability. Uh, Kyler coming back, playing well. This kid looked different. His body language completely different. Uh, and, of course, going forward, I'm super optimistic about what we're going to be able to do next year. Uh, of course, our main concern is offensive line. Right, we got to show up the middle of the offensive line, and uh, we got to bring in um, another running back that can play with and compliment Connor. Uh, I don't think we should get rid of him at all. I think he's the heart and soul of our offense. To be honest, uh, we got a great young quarter uh, tight end in Williams. Um, the kid behind him is very dynamic as well. And receiver wise, you know, we got Hollywood. Uh, we got the young boy. Like we got some good things going. Right, of course, we got the number four pick. We'll see how it goes. Um, Marvin Harrison the third would be great. Right, is he the third or the second? He's second, right? Marvin Harrison second, right? Junior, he, yeah, he, junior. Yeah, he would be great to have. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, we have a 27th pick as well, right? So, do we use that fourth pick for capital, right, and get a couple of twos and a three, or two and a couple of threes, right? And give somebody that fourth pick and just keep our 27th and pick then. Um, I don't know, right? To Tulsa. We'll see how it goes, but I know for sure we got to address offensive line first. Uh, we do need a couple, we need, we need, a, we need a couple edge rushers, one veteran, one young. Um, uh, we do need a defensive backfield. We need another shutdown corner, right? We need some things, but. Mm-hmm. Just key pieces. We're not. We don't need to rebuild. That's the thing. We just need to add pieces to our puzzle. Again, start one offensive line. I feel like we're going to be just fine next year. I think we're very competitive next year. Yeah. Look, I mean, they definitely played hard. Hell, they they beat the Cowboys. They they stole some games, and they actually. I think they actually played hard and started to develop a a, a winning culture under Gannon. I thought Kyler played well when he came back. I like what I saw from from Trey McBride. And some of the you know some of the playmakers, um, you know I, I like Rondell. Right. I, 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 I mean, I'm thinking about the yeah, yep. yep, Trey McBride, and then and then uh, and then um, uh, Rondell Moore was great. I think he's versatile because he he's he's a good special teams player as well. So I think there's some good pieces, like you said. I mean, could Marvin Harrison be their next fits? Hopefully, with some jewelry on his finger, that could be the thing. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, they can wheel and deal, and they could get some more capital to try to add. Um, some more pieces. So we're going to see coming in to the draft coming up here in April, which is in Detroit, which is pretty tight. Um, all right. Speaking of great players, uh, Mitch NFL honors uh, came and went um, just going back to our predictions in September of last year for MVP. JB picked Hertz. I picked Joe Burrow and you actually picked Patrick Mahomes, which was honestly a pretty damn uh, good pick. So you have Lamar taking MVP Coach of the year, um, JB had Nick Sirianni. Jesus Christ! I had uh, I had MCDC Dan Campbell. Mitch, you had Sean Payton uh, for offensive rookie of the year. I correctly picked CJ Stroud. JB picked Bryce Young, and Mitch picked Bijan Robinson for uh, defensive rookie. 
rookie of the year, JB got that correctly. He picked Will Anderson. Mitch, you and I picked Jalen Carter from the Eagles. For offensive player of the year, it was Christian McCaffrey. And let's see, where do we have that one? Do we have that one? I think we picked that one. Did we? It's a rookie of the year. But anyway, that was a, that was CMC. Then you had Miles Garrett. And then comeback player of the year was Joe Flacco. Uh, coach of the year was Kevin Stefanski. Um, Mitch, did you were you happy with all of these? Do you feel like do you feel like the 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 it should be after the season when they do these? Like Mitch, what what are your thoughts on all the winners of these main categories? I yeah, you know I'm not a big awards person. I understand the point of them. My favorite is comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco. There's a dude that died and couldn't get enough tackles when he came back to win comeback player of the year, which was like. If you got two and a half tackles, you probably would have won. But Joe Flacco comes back four weeks before this season and wins it all. That's amazing. Um, besides that, mm-hmm. it's all pretty. I mean, Stefanski was a really good pick. I do I really like that one. After that, it's all kind of, I know I was wrong, but it's kind of predictable. MVP, a quarterback, offensive rookie of the year. I purposely chose running back because I was tired of it being a quarterback. Quarterback won. You know, like, it's an uh, yeah. offensive player. They wanted a offensive player eventually to win MVP, so we always choose a running back because we feel bad for running backs. We do this shit every year. Like it's not interesting to me. <laughs> all right, Jimmy. Yeah, what do you? What you I'm cool with all of them, man. Um, except the fancy, right? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like. like uh, yeah, I felt like man's a uh, guy over in Houston. It was that shit. He got coach of the year. Like that was like hands down. Yeah, he still yeah. got like hands down rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, like. And they beat uh, the Browns. Yeah, a team, a team that wasn't very good to boot coming in. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then to turn around to a playoff team first year, that was kind of that was kind of yeah, no brain. And then of course, but there's people with no brains picking this stuff. So, uh, so whatever. So fancy got it. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations to him. Everything else I'm cool with. I can see it. You know what I'm saying? Either way, but uh, yeah, everything else is cool. Joe Flacco coming back, you know, kind of screwed Jamar Hamlin, uh, like you said, out of the comeback for the year. Uh, but I mean, he came and he played well. He started and he played well, so yeah. he kind of had to do Joe at that point. Do you think that he, Jamar Hamlin, would have won comeback player of the year? Because I don't even think he would. I don't know who second place would have been. I, I don't, but I don't, I don't even know if he would have. Yeah, I said, but I, 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 when y'all pick them, I, I, if I if I pick somebody else, I don't, I don't believe I picked them. Yeah, no, you picked Sean Watson, Benny. Yeah, you picked Sean Watson. Yep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I, didn't, I didn't believe I didn't believe he would. You know, and, and it was a great story and everything, but I didn't believe that he would win it anyway. So. Yeah, I agree. I don't actually even think like I don't even really think he even like did even remotely enough, even without Flacco. Like when when the season started, it seemed like a lock because of the story like we talked about. But like he was basically non-existent for this entire season. So I don't even think he was really a serious contender to begin with. So Flacco coming in off the couch, 87 years old and slinging Ah. it and learning that offense and coming Ah. in. I mean, hard to pick against that one. And I genuinely think that's why Stefanski got it was because they weren't on their second string quarterback. I don't even know if they were on their third. They were on their Joe Flacco string quarterback. Yeah, that's why he's literally his own. He's literally his own string. It's yeah, first, it's second, like, third practice squad bus driver Joe Flacco. That's how that goes. Oh my God, Joe Flacco <laughs> bought his own ticket here. Yeah, we'll give him a shot. Yeah, like whatever. 
He was popping the floors. All right. And speaking of coaches, finally, uh, finally wrapping up this NFL uh, Savage recap. Coaching Carousel, gentlemen. Harbaugh to the Chargers. Pierce gets the – Antonio Pierce gets the interim tag removed and stays with the Raiders. The Raiders. Gets the uh, gets a patch up after Bill Belichick uh, leaves parts away. Is going to call it? Mike McDonald comes from the Ravens to the Squawks. Raheem Morris to the Falcons. That was one of my personal favorites. Dave Canales to the Panthers, and then Quinn to the Commies. Of course, we talked about Brian Callahan to the Titans. So, JB, of all these moves, which do you think was the best, and why? Can we, can I ask you guys? Put, is it am I am I thinking about somebody else who was Raheem Morris with the Falcons one time before? Uh, he might oh, have no, been. No. I think he's, I know who you're. Um, there was a different Morris. He was uh, Alfred Morris was like the running back for the Falcons for a year. There was a different. No, no, Morris no. no. They had the a, they, they had they, they had an interim coach who was a young black cat, and I want to say it was Raheem Morris, but I don't. I, I I don't know. I keep thinking it was him, but it might have been somebody else. But my favorite was, of course, AP staying with the Raiders. He was um, yeah he was there he was there he was also with Tampa Bay so you're you're right your instinct is right he was there um and he was the he was an assistant head coach with the Falcons from 2016 to 19 then he was a DC and then he took the Rams job so that's what that's what you were thinking okay okay yeah I, I just felt like he was at some point he was an interim yeah. head coach I don't know why but uh anyway go no need to hear with Tampa Bay I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. huh. With Tampa Bay, he, he, he was uh, he head coach, yeah. But go ahead. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, AP getting the job with the Raiders was the best one to me. Uh, of course, Harbaugh going to the Chargers, I think, is going to be um, the best for the team. Does that make sense? Like, I think he's, he's going to be the one that has the greatest impact on a team because Chargers have too much talent, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the kid Herbert, you know what I'm saying? He's a good quarterback. Uh, they got solid offensive line, great defense. Like and then of course Harbaugh's gonna do his thing. Who's got it greater than us? Nobody. But uh, and then of course shout out to Gerard Mayo getting the job uh, as a chance to uh, build Smellacheck over there in my fucking New England. Right? You know what I'm saying? He got a, a lifetime supply of Dunkin' Donuts and Dunkin' Donuts products. You know what I'm saying? And it's signing bonus. So shout out to Gerard Mayo. You know what I'm saying? Stay at home if you will. You know, play with him for a number of years. Uh, Mike McDonald going to Seahawks. Head scratcher. Like what? Uh, and then of course. Uh, Quinn to the commies, man, whatever, you know what I'm saying, we'll see. And then, of course, uh, Anonymous to the Panthers. They're really excited about that cat over there. They are. They're, like, really excited about that dude. So, I mean, we'll see. Only time will tell. Like, we can stop predicting who's going to do what. I just feel like AP to the, to the Raiders was just the best fit. There was nobody else that was going to bring, they could have brought in to encourage those guys to play the way that he does. And then I feel like that Harbaugh is going to have the greatest impact on that team. Yeah, I agree. My my favorite was Raheem Morris because I feel like he's going to have a similar he's going to have a similar kind of path that Demetrius Ryan is having with the Texans. But I did like the fact that the, that the Raiders finally got it right and lifted the interim tag and kept Pierce. And Harbaugh's kind of self-explanatory. You you kind of know what he's going to build. He already brought over the strength coach. He brought over the DC from Michigan. So it's going to be pounding the rock, physical football, tight end heavy. Helping out Justin Herbert, that sort of thing. But Mitch, what what were what were what was your favorite or some of your favorites from from this cycle? 
good sir um there's only two i really i mean pierce is a good one uh but there's two that were changes that i really like um obviously harbaugh is number one um they the charges were a staley away from being anything like that's what they were for the last few years just staley away and they got a hardball good job um i disagree a little bit with jb i really like mike mcdonald going to the seahawks i think that's going to be a really good fit i think it's a little bit under the radar i definitely like that more than i like brian callahan to the titans as a change um the panthers are a dumpster fire that owner is a wreck you could get Harbaugh going to the Panthers, and I don't have trust in Harbaugh. So everything else, I think, is just another coach they got. Like, it's going to be the same. All right, there it is. Well, look, that is some NFL Savage recap. If you haven't already done so, please make sure to follow us at JB and Benny Blue on all social media. Subscribe to our YouTube for more content. We're always putting up short clips. And again, if you are missing this on the live stream, we got you, baby. You can watch or listen to full episodes on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And moving this thing right along, gentlemen, well, one of us on this fucking show is a champion. And wouldn't you know it, it is the Michigan Wolverines winning the Natty for the first time since I was a young boy in 1997. Harbaugh fulfills the promise. And they've promoted Sharon Moore, who is the interim head coach for all these fucking crazy-ass Oh, they're stealing signals using a fucking, uh, fucking uh, Morris code, and Harbaugh's buying kids a fucking hamburger, and all the sanctions are going to come down. But they promote Sharon Moore to head coach. So, JB, just your overall thoughts on 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 Michigan season, your belief in them or not to win a title, and then your thoughts on them promoting Sharon Moore to being the head coach. Well, I mean, I always, you know, always move for the block. You know, block him. I've always had, you know, a love for him. Um, but uh, just watching him play, you know, it was magical. It was a great season. Um, they were strong in every aspect of the game. Um, and then, of course, you know, saying once you, you and what I, I, I saw was Washington in the championship. I was like, well, that's going to be a wash, right? Uh, so, so you can pretty much just hand him a ring right now. You know, saying Washington could have been torn. A better coach team, you know what I'm saying? I think you want more talent in better places. And it showed, right? Better offensive line, and that was, you know, the key. They just basically whooped their ass up front the whole game. Defense off of the line. So, uh, shout out to them. And then, of course, hiring the man, you know what I'm saying? That was kind of a no-brainer. Like, you bring in, you keep the person that's going to inspire these kids to play ball. You keep the person that's been there, you know what I'm saying, and the, and the person that the kids rock with. Right, and he did show improvement. You know, saying when he was in the head coaching position, and why not? Right, you keep that person in, 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 as the spearhead of your team, and you're going to continue to have good success because he's going to continue to be mentored by the man that left him. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think you know, Central Ramon getting the job is probably the best thing he could have did. Um, there's going to be more success coming up. You know, what I'm saying he's going to keep the same mindset. He's the offensive line guy, so of course he's going to want to the rock um, and then play action heavy, and they're going to kind of keep the same mindset. And they did when Harbaugh was there. So, yeah, it's going to be just fine. And, Mitch, they did play your Washington Huskies in the Natty, and they got it done. So what what was your assessment of watching Michigan in the Natty? And on the flip side, what did you see from Washington? Obviously, you know, they're going to be losing Michael Penix. They're going to be losing Odunze to the draft as well. And then Kalen DeBoers, of course, flies the coop when he, he took the Alabama job, which we're going to get into in a second. But what what was your thoughts of actually watching Michigan and Washington 
in in the Natty game. Uh, first half was good, but I felt like Michigan would still dominate. Like, you know, when you see a tied scored, but you're like, it's not tied. Like, mm-hmm. I know the score wasn't tied at halftime, but it felt like that. It was a close game, but I was like, yeah, Michigan's winning, though. Like, they're going to win this. There's a small tinge of like, ah, oh, Mitchell's drunk on hope. I was hoping, but I knew <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. Um, oh, and uh, other things, huh? Right. So... <laughs> I think Washington, they've done good the past few years despite getting a new coach every year for the last three years, I believe. They keep recruiting really well. I don't know how they do it. I keep thinking their time is nigh. Like, they're losing losing their best wide receivers, who I believe had one of the better wide receiver classes this year. Um and I don't know how they're going to come back, but I have faith that they'll bounce back because they keep somehow doing it. My only thing is, I don't know if they will now that they go to Big Ten and they have to do all that traveling. That sucks when you're not used to that much traveling immediately. Um, but they're not going to be in the playoffs. Well, they might. I guess top 12 now, right? They might yeah, be in the playoffs sneak in there. Yep. They're not going to be top four, though. Like, And I like that they promoted within. I'm always a huge proponent of promoting within. I like it. Yeah, look, Washington. Washington's a good program. It's going to be interesting to see when they make that transition with Oregon, with USC, with UCLA to the Big Ten, and, and just how you know how that affects the schedule and with the ex- expanding playoffs. So I'm, you know, I'm excited about it. I mean, and listen, if the, I I said this, I said this on on the show and off the show. If this was going to be the year that Michigan was going to do it, this had to be the year because we knew that Harbaugh was flirting with the Broncos, flirting with the Vikings. He 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 had a wandering eye. He had one foot out the door. And this was the year that they finally had to get it done. And thank God they did. Watching that Rose Bowl was a fucking amazing game against Bama. And speaking of Bama, Mitch, holy shit, Nick Saban has got tired of all the fucking NIL and Lamborghinis and collectives and the chains and the ice, and he's sick of it. His old curmudgeon ass, despite being the GOAT, is sick of dealing with these goddamn 18 and 19 year olds and he retires for now 292 71 and one college record with seven natties including six with bama and his first with lsu um mitch you're just your overall thoughts on on nick saban as a head coach and do you think he's going to do you think he's just going to take a media break and come back or where do you think he's at in his life and career um great career I hate you only because I respect you too much. I just need somebody to hate. Um, Nick Saban. Is it Nick Saban or me? <laughs> oh, both of <laughs> you. Both. Nick Saban right, in this situation. But you know who, like, this is a generational thing. Bear Bryant was tired of dealing with 18-year-olds because, well, guess what? That was like 40 years ago. Maybe not. But this is a generational thing. We all dog on 18-year-olds because we can. Um, I think Nick Saban's done, though. It's hard when you're that age huh? to work 16-hour days to get on those planes, to scout, to do all that shit. It's hard. I don't blame him at all. I think he's going to love media. He's going to work two hours a week, and it's gonna he's going to make more or as much. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's probably going to get a big bag from from ESPN or somebody to be, you know, be on one of the on one a college game day or like you know, or a big big noon kickoff to be on one of those desks. So he's certainly going to get paid, and you know, he's a pitch man for Arflack, so he's still going to be doing that. But JB, your your quick thoughts on on Saban's career and what what you think his his future is overall as well. Well, he's done with ball. I can give that. Um, he's the goat. You know, what I'm saying greatest college coach of all time. 
And that's just that. You know what I'm saying? I love him because he's a strictler, stickler for technique. Um, one of the greatest things about Alabama while he was there the entire time was that he went the emergence of this portal uh, is that kids that knew and they got it stayed at Alabama because they knew that they were going to play sparingly for a year and a half. They're going to start for a year and then they're going to the NFL and play for 10 years, right? Because they were so well prepared to be NFL football players because of the system and the technique and the coaching that they were getting at Alabama. So, uh, that's the greatest thing that I think Saban did, man. And of course, and that's the reason why they were so good because they had these five, four, five star players, and they made them such great technical football players. And of course, you know, somebody playing against a lot of college kids that aren't like that, you're gonna have success. So uh, that's one of the greatest things that he's done, and he brought people along with him, coach wise, that adopted his 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 theory of technique and of discipline. And you know, we've all seen him blow his top when you know, what I'm saying discipline is not upheld. Um, but that's one of the reasons why he's so successful. But he's done with ball, so he'll be he'll be talking shit on somebody's uh, broadcast, you know, saying before a game, like you said, college game day or whatever. He'll, I don't think he'll be a staple on that, but I think he'll be one of those guest appearance people, you know, saying like pop on and watch yeah. talk on the shit. Yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of coaches that are ending their careers and some that are are just beginning. UCLA's Chip Kelly flies the coop to be the OC at Ohio State. They're trying to do whatever they can to get over this ass whooping from Big Blue. And our guy, friend of the show, Coach Foster is now the head coach at UCLA. You saw us giving him his props and resharing from our interview. Go run that back at JB and Benny Blue. JB, just get, give, give your flowers to your former teammate and your guy and wink, wink, nudge, nudge, potentially future employer when you want to deal with them damn kids. Coach Smoke, a.k.a. Coach Foster. Yeah. Tell them, tell the people. Smoke, man, I'm proud of you, bro. You know what I'm saying? I told him this already, but I'm um, telling the people that I'm proud of my brother. Um, and he's been coaching for quite a while. He's been UCLA the bulk of his career. He had a short stint over Texas Tech. But he's passionate about what he does. He loves his kids. He wants to progress his kids. He wants to make them good professional athletes. He wants to make them good young men. Uh, because of his upbringing, his background, he, 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 he uses that. He instills that in these young people. And he understands the work aspect, which is great. Right, he makes these kids understand that hard work is going to pay off, and there's no substitute for it. And then he speaks their language. He's still young enough, you know, saying to speak their language and and to be able to understand and deal with kids, right? Whereas a Saban who has gotten tired of it, and I can totally understand shit. It's like you've been seeing multiple generations phases of football, right? So Smoke is still right there at that age where he can still relate, you know, so he can talk to these kids, he can understand them, and yeah, I expect great things when you say like going forward. Going forward. Well, we're we're excited to see it. You know, we're going to support. You know, we're going to be sharing. You know, sharing the program. You know, on our social pages, and also, I mean, he's a great developer of talent. I mean, he's he is he is sending he is sending you know guys that are oh, yeah. you know, walk on yeah. and running back on the cool on the, you know, on the cool. He probably got like four kids in the, in the league right now, running back wise, like four maybe six, mm-hmm. and a running back. You know, what I'm saying he's had his hands on you know two or three years. You know, what I'm saying so. Yeah, he, he's doing it right. So, yeah, I'm loving to see it, man. Again, congratulations to my brother, man. Yep, congratulations to Coach. And speaking of program building, Mitch, the Colorado Buffaloes had a ton of hype. Again, all the celebrities, limousine riding, jet flying. They finished four and eight, losing the last six. A couple of them, they really just tricked off in Coach Prime's first season. They do have the number 
five transfer class for 2024. They did get uh, Jordan Seaton, the big five star hog out of IMG Academy. But you know, you just being a uh, you know a, a formerly the artist formerly known as the Pac-12. Uh, what did you see from Colorado when they started and how they finished and where where do you where do you think they're going as, as they move into the Big Twelve, Mitch? All right, follow me for a second because I'm start off as a hater and then I'm going to go and make sense at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat a only lot you of only as you can, Mitch. I uh, they beat a lot of teams that we thought were better than they were, which happens every year in college. We they're those rankings are bullshit yep. every year, and then we we're like, oh, this team's good. They lost, then they started losing games to teams that were unranked, but they lost a lot of close. Here's where I'm not a hater anymore. They lost the games, a lot of them close. All right. A lot of the times, the ball can bounce a different way, and your record changes completely. You see that every like the Chargers with Philip Rivers, like they score the same amount of points, but they could be thirteen and three or three and thirteen. It was the weirdest fucking thing ever. Every year, it bounced back. So easily, Colorado could finish better. Their conference just got a hell of a lot harder, though. That's for sure. And they fixed their problem. I want to see more with the talent they have. This to me. This is going to prove to me how good of a coach Deion I know Deion's a good coach. This is going to prove to me, though, how much he can do with the transfer class. We're gonna, I'm going to learn this year what's more important, a transfer class or scouting 24-7, like a, a Cristobal kind of guy that gets those good talents there, or can you steal them from Cristobal? I don't know. We're going to learn a lot this year. I don't know what the answer is. Sure. I think Colorado will be better than 4-8. and eight. They played their asses off. They just lost close fucking games, and there ain't shit you can do about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. JB, JB, real quick, your thoughts on Colorado this this past year and, and going forward? They're going to be rough next year. Um, all, all, all Dion needs is dogs. That's bottom line. He's a, a great motivator, but he, he does have great coaches on the staff. That's the thing he can't negate. Right, we can't look over that. He has great coaches on the staff. Right? So, and again, they believe in the same thing, you know, technique, making sure these guys play this football so they're gonna be good next year they lost a lot of games this year some stupid negligence um you know their offensive line wasn't very good especially on the inside and their defensive line was horrible right so they, they a lot of games they just couldn't keep up because of the depth that teams had of course you know the, 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 the loss they suffered when Dion came to the door and they really just did the best they, they could with the hair so they're gonna be rough next year trust me all right, there it is. Now, gentlemen, I don't, I don't know if you heard the news, but I'm excited about this. There's been a lot of shuffling in real life with all the conferences and coaches retiring and the transfer portal and the whole thing. But NCAA college football is coming back this year, and they're offering 11,000 players $600 and a free game copy for NIL rights use. It's a new day. You're going to be able to see the goddamn names in the game now. But JB, do you think do you think they're going do you think they're going cheap with six hundred dollars a player? What are you what are your thoughts on the deal for the players and their name, image, and likeness rights to actually be in this game? Who are you asking me, Mitch? Yeah, JB, I'm asking you. <laughs> um, that's great. I mean, now you were breaking up like something vicious, so I really couldn't really hear what you were saying, but. It's great. I mean, shit, I mean, these kids are, you know, their names on the back of their jerseys on the football field. So why not be on the back of their jerseys on a game? Like, so, and then with the $600, I mean, I don't know, man. You know, we, like, 
I don't know. Like we, they, there was a thing, you know, when I was playing ball in college. You know, saying that the whole NCAA thing, the whole year sports, that like we were getting like them the sixteen, seventeen, hundred dollars. You know, what I'm saying just to have been in that game. You know, what I'm saying have you know, said our name, like you know, because they had they used to have bio in that game, right? So we were getting sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars. Now they're offering six hundred bucks. I mean, hey, you know what? It is what it is, right? NCAA is gonna do NCAA teams, so. <laughs> like, well, why argue with it? Why try to say whatever? They go good for they going to do. All right, and finally, speaking of changes, Mitch, we are getting the new college football playoff format starting in 2024. The top four teams. I tried to do a little research on this. The top four teams get a buy. It's a conference champs, not necessarily the power conferences, but it's the highest ranked conference champs. And five through twelve will play each other in the first round on the home field of the higher ranked team. And then the New Year's Eve bowls, you know, the Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, all that stuff, Fiesta Bowl, those are going to be the quarterfinals and semifinals. So, Mitch, what what are your thoughts on the expanded playoff? And are you excited about it? And how do you think it's going to work? First off, EA be better. We all know if you do six hundred dollars, you have to put it on the taxes. If you do five hundred ninety nine dollars, you don't got to put that on your taxes. EA be better than that. Yeah. Treat the kids good. All right. Okay. So over that, um, I think the I don't hate it. I hated it at first. I don't hate it anymore. I think the only thing it sucks for is the team that loses in the conference championship because you think 10, 11, 12 probably didn't make a conference championship. They were a high ranked team. Didn't make it because something happened. They got a bye week. They did not make a conference championship. The people that win the conference championship get a bye week. The ones that lose have to play the next week against the team that had a bye week. That is the only thing I don't really like is that the losers of the conference championship get screwed the hardest. True. JB, your, your, your thoughts real quick on the format? I'm glad it's like that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be shitty. It's going to be kind of weird at the beginning, you know what I'm saying? But like, um, the opportunity for a lot of these smaller schools to even just get the recognition to say that, hey, we went to the top 12, right? We went to the playoffs, right? Uh, what's the name of the school? James Madison, who was undefeated all year. Right, like yeah. that's not twenty four. Liberty was up there, yeah. Right, right. Liberty, UCF you know, went two years undefeated. Yeah. Right, even so, they might get smoked. You know what I'm saying? When they get up there, but hey, recognition. You know what I'm saying? Money, all that stuff is coming to these schools because hey, we just got to the top twelve, the playoff bracket, yada yada yada. So I think it's pretty cool, man. You know what I'm saying? Especially for those smaller schools that have had success, that are having success, like those schools in particular, we just named, like undefeated, like you know what I'm saying. So and we're ranked in the nation. So hell yeah, man. Well, there it is, people. That is some NFL and college football savage recap. Whether you've been watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you're going to tap in later, we appreciate you. Make sure to follow us at JB and Benny Blue on all social media. Again, you can run, run this back, watch or listen, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And as always, the man needs to take us home with some We Need Us. Mr. Bridges, talk to the people about where your mind is at, sir. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? It's been so long since I spoke to the people about things like this. Uh, with all this kind of shit going on, man, uh, people out there, raise your damn kids, right? Stop letting social media raise your children. Um, start making your kids be accountable for the things they got going on. Raise a tougher brand of children. Uh, I deal with kids all day. I see them all day in my gym. These kids are getting worse and worse by the day, right? Social media is raising these children. Uh, they keep their phones in their hands. They have everything at their fingertips. Parents, we got to do a better job of getting 
getting our hands back on our children, like reaching in, you know what I'm saying, and taking our kids back, right, and making sure that we're hands-on and we have, you know what I'm saying, our voices are guiding our children, you know what I'm saying, going forward because we're losing them, right, we're losing them. And no matter what we think and what we say, it's making a, making it really bad for us because of us. We guys are sitting right here, I'm 23 years old, Mitch is a youngin, Benny's right there, the only cusp, but like, there is at some point these kids are gonna be running like a country, right? <laughs> so, like we are just developing a weaker brand of people, uh, just trying to make a whole nation weaker. So, parents, you gotta start doing a better job. Uh, bitches get out of the club. Bitches get off social media. Try to be social media fucking stars. Start raising goddamn kids. Dads get present in kids' lives. You know what I'm saying? Do more, talk more, reprimand more. Right? We just need our children to be better. Right? And for those kids that are doing it, doing it right, keep doing it. All right, your boy JB, man. Uh, what episode is this, Benny? I don't know, man. Episode 253, something like that. You know, I don't even know how we're keeping track at this point. But either, either way, way when, we're, when we're coming back, man, you can make sure to tap in with us at JB and Benny Blue. We will let you know, you know, how that's going to come back. And then the next thing we're going to be talking about in the next episode and all that shit, you can still get our, our, our premium dope content and all that. And until next time, reviewers, we love you. We love you. Appreciate you tapping in. And we are out, baby. Peace and love. That's right. Peace and love. I love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.